Well, Dan, one of our favourites over the years is the big fella, Wes Agar, a big fast bowler, always good to talk to. He plays all forms, um, obviously for the Redbacks. But we're talking strikers now. We had a look at the strikers um, list too. It's pretty good. Even though they might not have Travis Head and Still very good. Carey for too long, but it's pretty good and he's an integral part. Wes, how are you? Hey, man. How are you going? Very well at the moment. Great to have you on board again. I know you've been playing the four-day stuff, but the big bash is a lot of fun. And, hey, looking at our squad... It's pretty good, isn't it? Pretty solid. Got a couple of good hitters there, and Lynn and Matt Short, Darcy Short, Rashid Khan, yourself. It's a pretty good squad. Yeah, we've got a good lineup at the moment. In the off season, we've picked up some good recruits um, in James Basie and Brendan Doggett, and it, it really fills out our list. So I think uh, we're going really well at the moment, and hopefully, yeah, it, it translates into the season when it comes along. So just on those guys, Baisley and Doggett, where are you sort of expecting them to slot into the lineup, and I guess complement what we've already got. I think it just adds depth to our lineup. Obviously, uh, losing Peter Siddle in the off season left a fast bowling gap in, in our lineup. And having Brendan Doggett with his experience, his pace, and he's obviously shown his skill at the death um, for the Thunder in recent years. With his uh, skill set, he'll he'll slide on in perfectly. And Baisley, with his hard hitting down the order, will do a job for us as well. So then at the top of the order, so Matt Short will open uh, and then potentially we'll see the likes of Darcy Short, Chris Lean, uh, Weatherall maybe. It's a pretty nice opening uh, quartet, I guess. Yeah, there's a lot of power in our lineup, I guess, up top, which sometimes we've been lacking in recent years. And to have Darcy Short's addition as well, who I forgot before, um, adds massive bonus to us. He plays square of the wicket really well and that suits Adelaide Oval's dimension so well and... I think if those four or five in our top five can get going, we can we can post some big totals. Wes, tell us about the progression of Matt Short. When I first saw him, he was batting six and seven, didn't get a lot of chances, wasn't doing a lot. I thought, I don't know about this guy. Then suddenly he's blossomed into one of the best one-day cricketers and now also, obviously in the four-day format, making quite a few hundreds. But his progression has been outstanding the last two or three years. Yeah, exactly. I think he's always had the skill and he just bided his time to get to get that opportunity. I think Jake Weatherall obviously did really well um, in his early career to hold that spot. Um, and when Matt Short got his chance, he'd been working hard behind the ranks and got that, sh- got that shot at an opportunity. And I remember talking about a Renegades game when he first started opening the batting. And he spoke about how there was no men out in the leg side and he wanted to play this pickup shot to the leg side to, to find a scoring opportunity. And he found a shot that has sort of become his trademark over the last two years, picking it up over backward square. Yep. And it's something that's really skyrocketed him and now we're seeing in national colours, it's so good to see. Whereas I think the moment that Adelaide Strikers fans remember the most about Matt Short was the game, 5th of January this year, Hobart came out, they made four for 229. It wouldn't have been fun bowling for you guys. And then we come out, made three for 230. Matt Shaw, 100 not out. Was that yeah. up there with the most incredible game you've ever played in? I think it definitely was. I think definitely one of the most exciting games to be watching our batting lineup put on the show that they did. I remember, like you said, it's, pretty upsetting as a bowler when you get hit around for that many runs and I was quite flat in the rooms and Linny just pulled us in the rooms and said don't worry boys we still got a bat so um and then to see what he did and to go out there and I, I'm pretty sure it was his first game as captain as well to go yes. out there and put on the performance he did is something that does put you in the limelight as well and and give you the confidence to do it at any level I guess and 
Chris Lynn's support innings there sort of gets forgotten, but I think he got 80 runs off 60 balls or 50 balls as <laughs> yeah, well, was, which yeah, incredible. It was, it was almost even better than that. 64 of 29 deliveries. Um, so he's spot go. on. But, yeah, you still had to bat, and that belief was so crucial that he had. How do you get – or how do you bridge the gap, I guess, Wes, to – the teams that have been the best for the duration of the tournament, which is the Scorchers and the Sixers, they finished up the top again last year. How do you bridge the gap from gap from seventh to where those teams are, are finishing every year? I think when you look at those teams, you see a wealth of experience in the lineups, um, a wealth of confidence um, from playing a lot of games and doing well. And just like we've been speaking recently now, we've got more players which haven't in the past played national level or done really well for consecutive seasons. I think that building that confidence, building that game awareness um, and understanding, and then obviously having played a few games together now and a few seasons together, I think they're all the things that combine that build success in a team. So you look at WA, they're the same. They've been together for a long time. Sydney Six is the same thing. So we're trending that way. Um, I'm not sure if we're that experienced yet but I think we've got the talent to, to go deep into this year Tell us about the pitches, I mean that pitch that Matt Short made the 100 was a, obviously it was a Batson's paradise, we saw the, the Shield game last week, it was tough to get runs, do you think the balance is fair Wes in, in T20 it's normally skewered towards the Batson because the crowd want to see sixes and fours but how would you describe it? Yeah, it's a tough question actually I think 2020 game is all about entertainment, you need to entertain the crowd, you need to bring the crowds in and and that's predominantly by hitting sixes and fours and not bowling teams out for 40 runs or 90 runs. Um, so I think it is only fair that, that they create pitches that suit batsmen a little bit more. But all it does is make and force us bowlers to develop more skill sets. Yep. And I think when bowlers are doing really well or executing very good skill sets, I think that's just as entertaining. So, yes, and it's only fair that they create flatter wickets so they see the ball flying around a little bit more but it also allows us bowlers to develop. And if you do well and you get picked up in further franchises and play against better players, um, you're going to need them to succeed. The role of spinner too is getting bigger and bigger, isn't it? We've obviously blessed with Rashid Khan, but if you can get a guy that can bowl two or three overs even, you know, you know, and only concede five or six, it, it's gold in the team. Yeah, exactly right. I think um, to have different options always helps you in 2020 cricket. Um, people are going to have days out and people are going to have off days. It's just the way of the game. So if you can have bowlers that can fill in overs and you don't have to bowl your strike bowler who might be going for runs at the time, it allows you, uh, gives you a bit more security insurance uh, going into the back end of the game. Where's for you, the first game uh, for the strikers is the 9th of December. We take on the Brisbane Heat here at home. When do you change, I guess, tr- your training in the nets in terms of your bowling from the four-day format, which we're currently in at the moment, your one-day competition as well? When do you change up the techniques of training just to get yourself ready for the T20 competition? Yeah, I think you're always constantly checking in with your T20 um, skill sets. Obviously, with the four-day skill set, uh, my tradition is to hit line and length for as long as possible. But a great thing that Ben Lachlan once said to me as my mentor at Strikers when I was there in my early years was that top of off stump or off a middle stump is still the hardest ball to hit no matter what cricket it is. So I build that. I try and build that stock ball without having to worry or think, and that's my go-to. And I think you just check in with your other skill sets as you go along. And probably two to three weeks out uh, of the big bash is when I really start ramping up and doing 
probably two or three sessions a week on my Yorkers and slower balls to really gear up to get ready for that season. I know Dan's got one more question for you, but uh, just having Ryan Harrison, Dizzy Gillespie there, and you're a fast bowler, learnt, you're talking about all those tricks, all the different sort of balls you can bowl. Couldn't get two better blokes, could you? They're nice guys and they're bloody good cricketers. Brilliant cricketers and, and even better blokes. Um, it's good to have their experience in, in this side. I think Rhino's been a great addition to us for the Redbacks this year. The way he cares about his players and the detail he goes into looking at the opposition helps us to... Yeah, sometimes the Yorker isn't the best ball to any batsman. Um, they can hit it over the fence still. So knowing what to bowl them when, uh, Rhino's been great for. And Dizzy's so good at, at managing the people and the person. Um and he makes us feel really relaxed going into a game and, and allows us to play with freedom rather than fear. Now, where's last one before we let you go? <laughs> I love watching you play at the Strikers, and I'm hoping that comes for a number of years yet. But I'm just worried that you might potentially be looking elsewhere in coming seasons because I'm hearing that you've got a new missus that lives in New love interest is there? Oh, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we, we fooled him. Word travels word travel fast. Word travels <laughs> fast, yeah. I do have, I've got a, um, a new girlfriend who's a beautiful partner of mine now and um, supports me well. And yeah, she lives in Sydney and does her own work. But I think it's great having a partner that also works in sport. She's doing great things uh, at Channel 9 and in the NRL. Um, and I guess she understands sport really well. So if I have a bad or good day, day, it's good to have someone that understands that. Should be plenty of jobs here at Channel 9 too. We've done about that. She can come over here. Uh, uh, mate, great to speak with you again. All, all the best with the, both the Shield cricket. We're looking forward to the big bash. And, uh, yeah, thanks for the chat. Thank you so much, guys. It's always a pleasure coming on here. Where's Agar? Gee, well, I reckon you floored him there, Dan. Yes, I think... didn't see that one coming, which was great. But um, we got spies, haven't we? We do have a few, which we is nice. we got spies.